G'day folks, Chris McLean here, Peak Performance and Transformation Coach, back again with another episode of the Peak Performance and Predictable Growth Show, the Peak Performance Show for creative agency founders, owners and leaders, where we explore the agency journey from the unique perspective of those at the coalface of the industry. My guests help unlock and dissect strategies, tools and tactics from the trenches that are working right now to help you deliver better results for your clients and grow and scale your agency to six, seven figures and beyond. And it's my pleasure today to welcome Job Neal on the show. Job's from Bespoke Suited Marketing. They're an agency that helps coaches and trainers to promote their digital products and coaching to six figures. And uh, as a coach, Job, that sounds pretty awesome to me. So <laughs> welcome to the show. And uh, tell us a bit about yourself and Bespoke and how you sort of help coaches and uh, people in the e-com space get started, scale their businesses and, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So we um, we bring people in um, and we sort of help them with just getting started. So we make sure that um, the course and everything they've created is really marketable. That's probably the biggest thing from the start is, um, is everything in there really clear on how you're getting someone from point A to point B? Yep. Then we start to look at your offer and your price and then we start looking at, right, what are the strategies to bring people in? Um, and then for coaches and consultants, um, because it's typically the lead generation part before people get to their higher-end offers, we help them with the sales process with that as well so people aren't doing 20 phone calls just to close one person into their higher offers. Right, right. So really taking them on that that full journey from I have something that I think is might resonate with a market, I've got some skills, I've got some abilities, I want to turn that into a digital product, what do I do, where do I start? That is that where you generally sort of pick people up from at that point of I've got some IP, I've got something that I, I want to turn into a course um, or, or do they need to be at the stage that they already kind of have a course and a program ready to go? They already kind of have it. Um, if they're right. sort of, if they're still working on it, there's people that I refer them to to work with them to sort of build it out um, with those people, and then they can come into me. But typically, they have to have the digital product to get started. Right, right, right. And what sort of platforms are you? Do you work in specifically uh, training platforms or Coursera or? Um, Learnify or Teachify, Learnify, one of those platforms. Kajabi, are there specific platforms that you recommend people get started with? I particularly like Kajabi. I think it's got a fair bit more to offer in terms of like if you want to structure your course a little bit differently and subscription model or if you want to, there's also a really good affiliate center on the back end of that. And that's, I think having something like that to start off with is pretty good. But um there's also the options of putting it into just a click funnels thing and having something really simple on your own website where you're maybe just in a little bit more control of some of the data that's coming in. Um, moves around a bit because I think there's also an element of what works best for the person. So what sort of what do people find easier? If someone's worked with click funnels before, why take them off it? Why sort of take them too far away from it? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. There's people come into it with. I mean, if you're a coach or a consultant or in 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 the digital product space, you don't necessarily have super high end tech skills. So, yeah, I was just just interested to see if you had a a, a platform that you recommend or, or, or a place where people tend to sort of be running their programs these days because there, there is quite a variety out there. I think people typically go to like Udemy and some other things that like a search engine base to try and right. start selling and I'd probably advise a bit more against that. Like if you want to sell something completely passive and then, um, you know, brings in a couple of hundred bucks, I think that's all right. But I think like something that you want to really scale and build a business from, I think that those sort of things can be a little bit limiting. So that's probably the only advice I have with that. Pick ones that you can have more control over. Yeah, right, and control your data and control your your customer base a bit better. Yeah, absolutely. So what are, what are the other considerations? So say I'm here, I've got a course, I may or may not have sold any units. Um, I come to you and say, help me out. How I know that that first stage gate tends to be you know 10k a month. Um, how, how do you help people get to that that 10k a month? Is it is it mindset? Is it getting the course right? Is it targeting it better? What are the sort of key strategic things that you um, make sure people have lined up in order to to get selling? Well, the first few weeks I would typically work with people is like let's get the price, the offer, um, those two things sorted out really right, and then we can look at how we want to position it. And then, you know, the dream client, dream person, you want to be coming into that. I think if you're clear on those four things, then you can start to build out some logistical stuff of, all right, what's the platform that we go through? And then what's the traffic source we bring people in? Because if you know the type of person that you're trying to get, it's really easy then to sort of go, all right, you know, these are podcast listeners. So let's try and partner with podcasts, whether we run ads through them or whether we get onto podcasts. Um, whether it's you know B two B, let's get on LinkedIn. So I think yeah. there's um, if you understand those things at the start, after that it becomes a little bit different depending on what you've got in your course. You know, if you've got yeah. um, something that's personal training wise, then maybe Facebook and Instagram to go, rather than someone that might be a little bit more corporate executive, then. Yeah, LinkedIn. So it's um, that's where it sort of starts to move a bit more around in terms of where we're going to start focusing our attention in terms of um, traffic source. Mm. And I should right at the obviously at that, at that kind of back end of the process that lead lead source you're you're really getting defined on who who you're actually serving, who's this for. Are you making sure that that's kind of baked into the process right from that from the start as well, like? If I just make a course, I make a course that I want that I th- I think is awesome. Um, doesn't mean that somebody else thinks it's awesome and wants to buy it. How how do you make sure that people are in that that very you talked about sort of offer and price? Um, what's the process at, at that part to make sure that what I've built is actually going to be sellable? That somebody else is going to be valuable to somebody. I think the the biggest thing with that is what's the result that the person gets the end of the course you're building? What's that transformation that you're giving them? Because that's where you can decide the value. You know, a lot of people are kind of scared to put their 
like value the course that they make at the price that it's worth just because it's like, oh, I've, I've only just made this. I kind of, I just want to do it at like $50, $99 or something like that. It's like, mm. this is a $500, $1,000 course. You know, you've got to, you've got to price it at that and you've got to work at making it clear to people that that's the value rather than getting in that rat race of reducing the price, which is typically where I see people that are having a problem getting started. Um, that's where they're at. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree that you see that a lot in. How do I shift more units? Well, I'll just make it $97 or $47 or $27. Um, but yeah, the, as, the, as you're saying, the problem you get there is you, you've suddenly and immediately devalued your entire program. Um, I mean, just just for me, when I see that, you see like a Black Friday sales and stuff, this is a $10,000 program, but you can get it today for $47. It's like, really? <laughs> is it actually yeah. $10,000? If it was it's worth it. Yeah, it's, yeah. So how, how, do you, how do you make sure that people are actually bringing that value? Obviously, it ties to, and I said, what's the end result? What does the person get from it? Um, are there any other considerations around building out a program um, in terms of the content, maybe the structure, the number of modules? Does any of that sort of play into it? Or is it really about if I can shoot one video and it's an hour, I can sell that for $10,000 if, if it solves a, a $10,000 problem? I think there's, there's aspects. Some of the parts I suggest for people to focus on are like, because it does change depending on the type of transformation you're doing and the type of thing you're teaching. Yeah. But if you can breaking it down into the objectives that people need to get to form that transformation. So from getting from A to B, there's, you know, there might be A1, A2, A3. So it's figuring out all those little steps. So mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't ever tell someone to go, let's track that all into one and sell that as a course. You know, let's, Break down each thing as an objective so someone can watch part of the video, go away and implement it, come back, watch part of the, you know, and if it's that way, there's a lot more, um, I think you have a bit more impact in that way. And if you have impact in your course, then that's what drives referrals, that's what, what drives testimonials, and they're the biggest things to get started. So uh, I think just that sort of strategy behind it, thinking about, you know, how do we make this in the easiest step-by-step -step way to get from A to B? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, as you're saying, that, that target of like 10K a month in, in most circles seems to be that. That's the, the first level to get to. So if you can get all that stuff lined up, you get a, you know, a high-ticket program, what would you consider high ticket? Over a thousand dollars, over five, over two? Sort of what classifies as a, a high ticket offer, do you think? I'd probably go over like one thousand five hundred. I think you can sell up to that um, with some quick calls and the right offer and stuff like that. But those anything typically over um, five hundred to one thousand five hundred is going to get a little bit trickier and a little bit more about how do we position it. Um, and then everything after that is going to become um, everything after 1,500, I reckon, starts to turn into a much bigger sales process than 
e-commerce and that's where you start to look at more um, lead generation. So that's where digital trading products sort of mix between e-commerce and lead generation in that way and that's what I think is a little bit interesting with that because some people are really versed in one side of that and they're not really versed in the other side. So adapting the business or scaling up price can pretty much change the whole model of that mm. business. Yeah, right. And is that in terms of a, a growth and a scale strategy? Is that is that something that you sort of recommend to maybe do you, do you recommend people start high ticket or start with sort of a lower lower priced like a 197 297 $97 product where they've actually got to sell more units or start with something high ticket where you make one or two sales a month and you're kind of hitting that 10k mark do you have a preference do you see the one working better or worse in the market for people i think there's i think anything between 297 to 497 is typically where I think um, for a lot of coaches and consultants anyway, yeah. that's typically going to be a good sweet spot to start from um, just to really get the ball rolling in the first three to six months. Um, if you go much lower than that, like you said, it kind of devalues what you do and it starts to sort of decrease the interest and you're trying to serve you know, if you have to sell more courses to make the same amount of revenue and to start scaling, um, it starts to really just get a bit muddled. Like you're not really having impact on the people that are getting across because um, there's a saying that energy goes where money flows. So you sort of, if you can get people to commit more to it, you're more likely to get people to go through your course and take it seriously. That's why mm-hmm. courses that are free tend not to actually, you know, I think I've downloaded heaps of different free things and just sort of never open the email. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah you, I think you, you, that's a really interesting point. So when you you invest in something, you're literally invested in it, right? So you, yeah, you're absolutely. more likely to, if, I, if I've just given you 10 grand, I'm probably going to open that email and I'm probably going to show up to the course because now there's some stuff on the line. I'm, I'm sort of bought in to the process of maybe I've, I've sort of burnt that bridge. Whereas if I'm giving you 20 bucks for it, you know, a 12-week program and a 1,000 videos, that value exchange feels feels kind of strange. And yeah, there there is that commitment level. Do you, do you find with your clients, is there a, is there kind of a breaking point with that? Like five grand's a good investment. Ten is there? Is there a variation between the type of client you attract um, for a ninety-seven dollar client? And a, yeah. yeah, you definitely attract um, better types of clients as you get higher. Like it's an interesting dynamic where um, you might get someone in. If you get someone into a course that's nineteen ninety-nine or whatever it is. Um, they might be that person that's asking more of you and sort of putting more back on you. Like, you're not getting me there is these results. I've got this, they can tend to have a bit of a victim complex. Um, whereas people that are higher, higher up in the scale, because they seem they're more committed and they, um, I, I, I don't know what the mentality is fully behind it, but there does seem to be more of a show up and, 
you know, respect the time and energy of the coach. So I, I think that's something that if you can, it's worth considering going higher because it's the same amount of effort to sell a $99 course as it is to sell a $999 course. Yeah, I like that. I love that. I think that's very, very true. It's the, yeah, it's the, it's the same. You're going to spend the same money potentially if you're running ads. You're going to do the same amount of content posting if you're kind of doing organic strategies or authority-type strategies. So yeah, the time investment, the resource investment's the same. You might as well make it $9.99 and sell a few less units but also better get a better grade of client. Um I think it is that weird thing, and particularly even with agency owners, right? When you're out and you're trying to get your first few clients, it's very, it feels weird to charge more money. There's that tendency to go, oh, I'll bring my prices down, I'll do some free work, I'll go cheap, and I'll just get a few quick wins. But it can be quite a dangerous kind of slippery slope because you, as we said earlier, you're devaluing yourself, you're devaluing your product. But I think I think that also has some some mental um, confidence consequences, right? If you're going out to the market going, I am worth forty nine dollars versus I'm worth four thousand nine hundred dollars. There's a I, I feel anyway that ties a bit into that's the sort of psychological thing that's happening there that it ties into self worth and confidence of literally this is my value to the market. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, think, I think that's. Great what you're saying that it's the same effort. You might as well charge more and kind of value yourself more in the market and attract better people that are then. Um, you find also that if you're attracting that better, greater client, they're more likely to buy your upgrade. They're more likely to buy your next course, your higher tier program. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The people that are coming in and they're, if they are more committed and they are getting those results and you've got them from A to B, why wouldn't they think you can get them from B to C? Mm. Yeah, and that's that's the thing as well about a lot of these um, courses and the way you're going about um, taking people through a funnel. If you've got this is why we also sort of make sure people are clear on their strategy of you know why have you got this product and what's the next thing after it um, because you want to know that this is you know yeah helping people get from here to here and then here to here. Because you're developing a relationship with the person you're working with. So how are they getting closer to you? It's like this level of intimacy of they start off, you know, from your ad, they don't know you, like you or trust you, and they come into your course. And really, you getting that result is the the trust and know factor and hopefully the like factor. And that's and then that's when they're coming into that work with your relationship with that kind of energy rather than coming straight into something like that without the um, just not really sure about you. So they, they trust you yeah, at that yeah. point. So it's a good place to start from. Mm. Yeah, well, you've, you've got that trust because you've helped them solve a problem. You've helped them by helping them. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really important. The more you can help them as they go from A to B, B to C, C to D, if D is the really big challenge that they might be facing, you can kind of take them through that process. The more they, the closer you get them to that process and the clo- closer they get to you, number one, the more money you, they're going to pay you. So there's more customer lifetime value um, in that process. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. You actually kind of got a very streamlined step-by-step 
system that you can take people through to get them from got something I don't really know what it is to now I've got a full ecosystem of product, a full, a full ecosystem of programs. Um, one thing I did, I was interested in to find out about in your experience. I know that when coaches and consultants, and we sort of talked about the technical expertise earlier, another thing um, that, that I sort of see is people go, oh, I've got to do a course. Well, now I've got to be on video and I hate being on video or I suck at video or I don't want to do audio or I'm, I'm good at writing but, you know, not presenting. What f- is there a particular format in terms of a, a video course or a training course or a PDF um, in terms of the presentation and the style um, that works better um, or does it is it better just to lean into what you're better at, whether that's just presenting a slide deck and talking to it rather than being on camera? Um, might be interesting to, to talk about that a bit if you can. Yeah, a, a lot of people do suggest sort of like go with what suits you. Like if you if you want to type and you know do that sort of stuff, I really think it's something that that's a, that's a transformation you've got to make. Particularly if you've got back end offers where you're going to be working with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can be confident on camera and show yourself, that's how to start building that relationship. That's how you get that person to start seeing you, start feeling closer, and that's. That's also going to work from the first point they see you in an advertisement or in your content and then right into the course and then wanting to work with you. It's from seeing you show up and seeing the way that you act on camera and the sort of feeling a bit of resonance with that type of person. So I I can understand there's a reluctance to get on it. I, I definitely had a reluctance to get on camera for um, a lot of the stuff that I've been trying to make. Um, but I think that it's something that's pretty essential to build out, particularly for um, courses that have backend offers that they, they want people to be working with them for. So I don't think that you have to be on stage and doing a massive presentation in front of a bunch of people, but I think... There's a few aspects to being confident on camera and even if you just do it through Loom where, you know, they're still seeing you in aspects and you're, you know, using slides or you're typing on something, but try and get the camera, try and get your face on camera. Try and allow people to see you and hear your voice um, because I think that that's, that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah, no, that that does make a lot of sense for us. So, so there's there's certain things in life that if you want to do this, this is kind of what you got to do. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate the, the honesty there because I think a lot of um, people that I want to do a course, I want, but how can I not be on camera? Um, yeah, like if that's kind of just one of the caveats of if you want to be a coach and consultant, if you want to be in the e-com space, if you want to be presenting and getting people to know like and trust you they want to see your face they want to hear your voice they want to understand your personality and um yeah a lot of that just doesn't come across in um books or written words so yeah people out there if you want to if you want to want to do a course you just got to get comfortable with video unfortunately (laughs) i think the biggest thing with that is just let it be crap for a little while just Repeat, just do a bunch of videos, do as much as you can and just accept that it's not going to be good for the first 
10, 50, however many tries. But the thing is that you just build up that it becomes normal. Um, I'm working with um, a mate of mine for an extension of our business. It's more lead generation. And he's never been on Zoom before. So we just, he goes into the other room and we just um, practice his pitch um, on Zoom, you know, just so he can get comfortable with it. So it's just find a way to practice it and accept that it won't be good for a little while. I think that's the best advice that I would have. Um, yeah, nice. But there's plenty of, um, there's video confidence coaches and video coaches out there as well that I would definitely suggest looking into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. I think there's nobody, nobody loves the first video they shoot at themselves. <laughs> it's always horrendous. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah, I, I remember filming programs and the first time I was just doing, I mean, just doing lives, right? Just jumping on and doing a Facebook live. Um, I think that I think the good the good thing about where we are at the moment with technology, there's so many opportunities to jump on camera and suck at it because um, that's what everyone's doing. So jump on a TikTok, right? Jump on a 30 second video, jump on a Zoom call, um, do a Facebook live, and just as you said, be willing to suck. Be willing to be terrible at it for a while. Um, but it's like anything, you expose yourself to it and you, you kind of get better. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. And I do find it fairly important. That's why if we do have people that come through that haven't made their course and aren't quite ready, we do have people that we work with that we'll send them to to sort of work with them on that, particularly on confidence in camera and even just some little technical stuff of how to set up the room that you're in, the lighting, everything like that. So there's, um, I think, I think guidance with that is can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And on that note, if people uh, do want to find out more about you, um, find out more about Bespoke and how you can help them, whether they're coaches, consultants, or looking to move in the e-com space or grow and scale in the e-com space, where's the best place for them to come and find you? And so, what can they expect when they come and work with you? Yeah, so we've got um, a Facebook group called the Six Figure Course Marketing Academy. Um, that's pretty much across all of my social media. So if you go to Best Folks Suit of Marketing Facebook page and get into that or um, on any of my profiles, there's a link to that. Um, there's also a link to book in call as well if that's something that you're interested in and we just chat for an hour, I help you out, give you the framework, and then if you want my help, then that's how we go forward. But it's not a sales pitch, so it's just a bit of help from there. Okay, we're just uh, dropping that Calendly link down there. That's the the one to jump on and book a call with. Uh, Job, if you're interested in in working with them. Um, Job, thanks for coming on the show this morning. Um, We're still in the morning, and Thankfully, you're uh, on a similar time zone as I am for once, which is nice to have someone in there <laughs> where it's not it four in the morning or something. But um, no, I appreciate your time. And um, yeah, I think that was super useful. There's some really good takeaways for people that are looking to either start or grow in that e-com product space, coaches and consultants. Hit Job up, um, go check out the workshop, um, go check out his Facebook group, connect with him and book in a call and see how he can help you grow and scale your coaching and e-com business. Job, again, thanks for coming on the show. I know it was kind of fast and furious, um, but I appreciate you taking the time. No, it was great. Thanks very much for having me, Chris. It was a great show. My pleasure. As always, we'll uh, see you on the next one, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.